It's Friday the 26th of May. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Dan McHugh and I'm joined by the one and only Shane Lee. Hello Dan. Yes, coming live from Monaco, mate, on the exciting day where the Monaco Grand Prix practice run starts. So when we arrive down to the circuit today, it, uh, um, it's going to be loud, it's going to be exciting and fun, mate. I can't wait to hear the, the, the roar and the thunder of the Formula One cars. Oh my God, it's going to be exciting. Also... Today's show is going to be exciting. We're going to be talking cricket, AFL, NRL. We're going to discuss some Aussie politics and much, much more. At Gradability, we believe that every graduate should have the skills and opportunity to pursue the career of their choice. But sometimes we need help to bridge that gap. And that's where the Gradability Accelerator Plus program or GAP program comes in. The GAP program is designed to supplement your learning with real-life experience at one of our almost 12,000 host employers, giving you the vital experience needed to kickstart your professional career. Visit gradability.com.au for more information. Shane, Queensland's Jimmy Pearson has been asked to join the Australian Ashes squad. He has, mate. So this is um, due to, obviously, the incumbent keeper being Alex Kerry. Um, the number two keeper in the last couple of years has been Josh English, but he'll be now returning home for the birth of his first child, um, which is a very, very important moment in your life, mate. Um, so he comes in, Jimmy Pearson. Um, he's 30 years of age. Um, he's been on the recent Australia Raid tour to New Zealand. Um, he, he's a tidy wicketkeeper. He scored some runs too this year, so... Um, he deserves his spot, but 30 years of age, that's pretty old to be uh, your first call-up. What do you reckon? Is he going to go well? Yeah, look, I don't think he'll probably get a go. The only chance he'll get a go if um, Alex Kerry gets injured, um, breaks a finger or something, but uh, he'll be there as a backup, as they always do on an Ashes tour. England quick, Stuart Broad, he's got new targets after destroying David Warner. Yeah, he does. Um, he's he's taken the old... Uh, Leaf out of Glenn McGrath's book where he would name a, a batsman he's going to try and destroy for each series. Um, we all know that the last series there, he bowled around the wicket to Warner and, and knocked him over for fun. Um, but he says now he got more of a better understanding of how to bowl to Steve Smith and Marnus Labuschagne, being our two key batsmen. So we'll see, mate. There's been plenty of guys that try to uh, particularly get Steve Smith out and have uh, had very little success. So we'll see how that goes. So this seems to be everyone's favourite conversation about the world game this year, despite, you know, big conversations about Man U, uh, sorry, Man City destroying everyone. But, uh, you know, the Scottish League has really uh, had a lot of time in the sun this year because of Ange Postacoglu. Mm. Um and apparently he's a leading contender to take over at the Spurs. Yeah, um, I think he's really being seriously considered now. Um, he would love, he has, they reckon he has unfinished business up there um, at Celtic, um, particularly with the Champions League. Um, but you'd have to say, if he got an opportunity to coach one of the major teams in, in, the, in Tottenham Hotspurs, um, he'd have to take it. He's currently on about $2.8 million a, a year up there um, in Celtic. But if he coached one of these teams, that would probably go to probably 10 to $12 million. So it's a, it's a big jump for him. It is a huge jump. It's also a risky jump. Yeah, well, exactly right. Because, um, you know, there's been little, <laughs> they've had little success over the recent periods of time. But if he could turn them around, that puts him up there in, you know, the, probably the top echelon of uh, football managers. I'd probably just stay where I was if I were him. But anyway, <laughs> whatever. Uh, moving to Australian politics. Um, a bunch of Australian sports codes have united 
to show support for the Indigenous voice to Parliament, advocating for a nation that values equity and fairness. Yes, they're, uh, they've written um, uh, an open letter um, supporting the Indigenous voice to Parliament, as you just said. Um, 21 organisations across Australian sport, including all major sports, from the AFL, NRL, Cricket Australia, Netball Australia, the NBL, Golf Australia and Boxing Australia, just to mention a few, are all being unanimous in their support. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on it? Look, I, I think it's fantastic. I think that um, in terms of Indigenous um, contribution to Australian sport, it's been significant. And I think that uh, sporting associations have benefited a lot from the Indigenous talent. And I think it's great that they're now supporting them back. Um, look, I'd like to see an Indigenous voice in Parliament. Uh, I, I always think when these things are done, you know, they're never that you're never going to find the perfect way of doing them. So uh, we may as well just get in and, and get it done. Um, anyway, let's take a quick break, Shane. And but we'll be back in a moment talking about AFL, NRL, and the Monaco Grand Prix. Someone you love could die of a sudden cardiac arrest at any age, any fitness, at any time. More than 80% happen at home, and chances of survival decrease by 10% every minute. And sadly, in Australia, around 50 people die from cardiac arrest a day while waiting for the ambulance to arrive. But now you can increase your chances of survival with CellAid, the world's first mini personal defibrillator. It's simple to use and as small as a block of chocolate. Every home should have a CellAid. It's really a lifesaver. Buy your CellAid at CellAid.io. That's C-E-L-L-A-E-D dot I-O. Having a look at the AFL, Shane, caretaker coach for Richmond, Andrew McWalter, has shared details about the call he had with Damien Hardwick before preparing to take control of the Tigers for the rest of this season. Yeah, he said it was a really tough call. They've obviously worked really close together. Um, and he said in no uncertain terms is he going to try and take his spot full time. Um, it's a purely a caretaker role. Um, look, Hardwick is, is a four-time um, AFL premiership coach. Fantastic player. He clearly had issues away from the game, personal issues, um, to the point where it was notable that his wife wasn't at the recent press conference where he's quite emotional. Um, his kids were there. His parents were there. Um, but saying that, he did thank his wife still for her support over those years and said you know, he could not have done what he did um, without the uh, support of his family. So it's a big issue for him. Look, he's um, he's a pretty private man. There's clearly a lot of stuff going on. He needs time away from the game to get his personal life back in order because well, we all know as, as an ex-sportsman, when your personal life is good, um, you generally perform well. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's better to take care of himself than, sure. than a team, yep. yeah, because uh, he's no good to anyone if he can't look after himself. Um, let's have a look. North Melbourne have not been doing so well. But uh, co-captain Jai Simkin has signed up for another five years. A five-year contract. Uh, this is awesome for him. Um, if you, but if you look at North Melbourne, since the start of the 2020 um, AFL season, they've only won 10 games. Um, they're two-time uh, wooden spooners, um, which is really tough when, when you're playing a team that keeps losing. He's 25 years of age, and I suppose that gives you some security from a life perspective up to the age of 30. Um, but he said he loves the club, he, he's got unfinished business and wants to perform well and hopefully get them out of the doldrums and back to the top over those five years. Okay, let's move to NRL, uh, the most parochial game in Australia. 
New South Wales State of Origin jersey for game one is not keeping to tradition. What are your thoughts on it, Shane? Oh, I agree. I agree, mate. This is Victorian blue. This is not New South Wales blue. Oh, and I, 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 if you look at the new jersey, it is dark blue with two very light blue, the traditional light blue stripes across the front, and a very, very big Westpac red logo in the middle. But it's um, yeah, it has New South Wales fans absolutely blowing it up because it's a sky blue that we play in. Um, there's a lot of history there, and. One fan actually said, this is just another example of New South Wales not getting what state of origin is. And I tend to agree with that. I think it's about tradition. It's about state versus state, mate versus mate. And when they start messing around with the colours. Um, in cricket, do do Victoria wear dark blue? They do. Okay, and, and New they South do. Wales wear light blue. Yeah. So Victoria don't have a team, do they, in NRL? No, they don't. No, no, no. no. So you guys are a bunch of crybabies. <laughs> And they're going to get whipped by Queensland this year. That's what I think. I don't think so at all. I think we're still going to win. But, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, – don't get too funky. This would come down to the backdrop of what the major sponsor wants. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and which I get. It's all marketing and trying to look yep. cool. Absolutely. But but I've got to say, NRL is full of the, the biggest amount of crybabies in sport. Like, absolutely. <laughs> That's easy for you to say when you're sitting here in a studio. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't mean the players. Yeah. I mean the commentators. Because yeah, well. we spend a lot of time around the players, and they're, they're tough as anything. They're great. Mm. Uh, anyway, speaking of great, simply the best. Sadly, Tina Turner has passed away, Shane. Yeah, it's sad news yesterday. And um, look, she's, she was instrumental in really putting the marketing and real some real character around the NRL back in the back in the eighties. And Fatty Vorton shared a, a hilarious story that um, uh, the song that she did, "What You Get Is What You See." Um, what you that, get is what you see. Well, and he said that they obviously she wanted a lot of good-looking, fit Australian guys in there, and he actually got flicked from the ad because he was too fat and hairy. He reckons, but uh, I think the first line of the song is. Um, some blokes have got the look of a Greek Adonis, and he said he didn't have that at all. <laughs> um, this is kind of off topic, but I think it relates. My wife can't um, watch any NRL content because she reckons all NRL players talk like they're eating hot eggplant. It's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Sorry, you all talk like that. Story <laughs> uh, has resurfaced about Israel Falau. Uh, a truth that nobody wants to hear. What, what's that about, Shane? Yeah, it's. Um, I've always struggled with this guy. Not um, from a, a football perspective. He's a, a fantastic athlete and a great footballer, and not from his Christian views. But, <laughs> but in particular, his Christian views around um, his hatred towards um, homosexuality. And this came down to him being um, in court. Ended up in court with with um, Rugby Union Australia and ended up suing them for four million dollars and winning. He's now brought out his own documentary, which was released um, this week. So it's his side of the, the, the story, I'm assuming. Um, I won't be watching it. The, the thing is, I think the reason why this is um, such a big story is not necessarily because of anything Falau has said. It's because the news and uh, journalists in Australia have spectacleized the story and... Uh, and now I, f- I feel like these same people are trying to show us the other side of the same coin, but they're the ones that created the outrage in the first place, and it's so hypocritical, and it's very typical of Australian media to pretend they're the good guys when actually yeah. they're the ones who 
you know, anyway, whatever. Let's we're in Monaco. Let's talk about F1. The uh, Formula One practice run starts today. It's going to be noisy when we get down to the track as they prepare for the Grand Prix on Sunday. It's going to be really noisy. It's going to be and, uh, and fantastic to watch and be up close and personal. We're, we're very lucky. We're going to be watching it off the back of a super yacht yeah. dance. <laughs> um, it's going to be an amazing experience. Um, it'll really show us. Uh, Monaco, as, as people know, it's a very narrow um, uh, circuit. Um, and so we're going to see what cars... Uh, are going to be performing well. Um, don't forget, the last uh, Grand Prix was actually cancelled. So what they do when they try and tinker around and work out what 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 are the best tyres, what's the best setup, um, they'll have to really work that out pretty quickly today before it starts on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we sort of were going as fast as an F1 car as we drove over here from Nice. Do you remember just sitting in that van and we were flying at about 300 kilometres an hour through a tunnel? Um, yeah, the taxi drivers drive pretty fast. Well, do because we actually you get, you get a part of the circuit there, and I think they all think they're in the Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to put two seatbelts on. I was that scared. All right, well that's it for afternoon sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Shane. Our fantastic sponsors, Cell AED, and we'll be back Monday, guys. See you then. Hi, it's David Poir here, host of the Employability Podcast. We have a new season of episodes for you to listen to. So if you're someone starting out in your professional career and looking for a way to get ahead in the corporate world, tune in. On the pod, we talk to a bunch of people from diverse backgrounds who have navigated their way to successful careers here in Australia. Find the Employability Podcast on any podcast app and click to follow.